Welcome to Purposely Catholic. This program is a critical part of how we assist parents with children in living up to their call to be the primary catechists and teachers of the faith in their homes. Over the course of our time together, we'll hear from Father Len McMillan and Father John Mosier as we discuss matters of the faith central to every Catholic family. Thank you for joining us. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Uh, Father Len, what a, what a great joy to be with you again as we continue our walk through our faith. And to, in today's uh, episode, I think we want to talk about a sacrament, fundamentals. What is a sacrament? Right. So, yeah, what is a sacrament? But, you know, if I was to explain it, I'm going to take it from a really strange angle. First, I want to talk about the number seven, which okay. is strange. Why does the number seven keep coming up over and over and over in the Bible whenever a covenant is mentioned? And my point, I'll be up, is that sacraments are commitments. So if we're going to talk about what is a sacrament, first, let's talk about commitments. Because seven is a biblical symbol for a covenant. And a covenant means commitment. So in Hebrew, how you say to make a covenant or, or an oath, you'd say to cut seven. So Interesting. I, I know. Isn't to that cut like, seven. To cut seven means, that, oh, you made a promise. Um, and so seven in the Bible liturgically means a covenant, that you've made a commitment. So why are there seven days of creation? Because every single part of creation is in a covenant relationship with God. We worship on the seventh day commitment. Noah, when he gets off the boat, what does he do? He sacrifices seven animals and renews mm. the covenant every seven days. It's a complete commitment. Or the place where Abraham enters into a covenant where he sacrifices seven lambs is called the well of seven. Moses seven times does what God commands, or even the temple. Uh, when God gives instructions on how the temple is supposed to be built, uh, it's built around the number seven. So um, seven days a week, you're supposed to individually pray every day, the Shema, uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Every That's individual prayer. Then every seventh day, a whole community comes together. together. Not on the seventh day, it's not about you, it's about us. Um, and you make a commitment to God and the community. Um, so there's seven major feasts in Judaism. And so, like, everything's built, worship, around seven. Um, and then seven times seven is a jubilee year when you start completely over. Or, as I said, the temple itself is built around the number seven. So there's seven speeches that God gives on how mm. to build the temple. There's seven parts to the blueprint of the temple construction. There's seven parts of the building of the temple. So... Seven always means this commitment between us and God and each other. Um, and, or the, there's a psalm that says uh, that God will return us back to the Eden and satisfy our covenant faithfulness. But in Hebrew, it says that God will seven us with covenant faithfulness. Beautiful. Seven means commitment. Uh, and God promises this family, you know, the Hebrews, the seventh-day blessing. The seventh-day blessing is this return to Eden when all humanity and us are one. Um, and every time they're doing God's will, following God's will, they land in this green place uh, with water, and there's all this number seven. Whenever they go against God's will, they unseven 
and they end up in this place of desert and doom. Um, so not the Old Testament, even the New right. Testament is like the Gospel of John has all these sevens in it. So if I'm going to explain what a sacrament is, um, I know it's strange, but I kind of thought, well, parents could explain to their kids, this is why the number seven keeps Ocean coming up. Every number means <clears throat> something mm -hmm. in the Bible. Every, you know, seven means commitment. And there's seven sacraments, which means sacraments are this commitment to God. We are a covenantal people. We make commitments. And the problem is most people think religion, um, I'm thinking about Catholic parents, most people think religion is God loves me. Right. Religion is us making commitment to be loving um, rather than I'm worthy or I'm loved. And this strange thing happened. I was um, the pastor at um, Our Lady of Snows in Sun Valley for mm -hmm. three months. Um, and to be honest, it was a pretty easy gig. I really I got bored. Uh, and I'm a worker bee, but I was bored. So in the afternoon, I'd go down to Tully's Coffee. I just mm -hmm. walked down because that's where the people were. They weren't hanging around me. Um, so that's where I get to at least meet people. And so I'm walking to Tully's coffee and see a parishioner and he's talking to this tall blonde lady. And, uh, he says, Oh, let me introduce you to the new priest here in Sun Valley. This is Father Len McMillan. And she went off and wow. in the middle of the street starts yelling at me. Like usually I get that after the homily. Right. Not when people first meet me. I mean, yeah, you're no, used the coffee to that. Shop, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, people do that to you all the time, <laughs> but you know, normal. I'm a nice guy. So <laughs> seriously, she starts to yell at me and she's yelling, you Catholics think you're so much better than everybody else. I'm like, mm, okay, I'm going to see where this is going to yeah. go. Um, so I said, well, why, why, the, why this anger? And she says, well, I went to a wedding in California. And when it came time for communion, the priest said, anybody who's not Catholic, I still invite you to come forward. If you cross your arms and this is a symbol sure. for a blessing, I'll give you a blessing. And she says, I got to tell you, I am just as good as you. So I said, well, let me ask you this question. When you were at that wedding and that groom and bride stood up there and made their commitments to each other, did you give this same speech? Did you yell out, how dare she? You know, I am right. just as good as she is. No, because you were there to witness their commitment to each other. And the Eucharist is a wedding. If you know the Bible, the Eucharist is us making vows to God. It is not that we're better than you. Right. That, you know, it just means that we're committed, not that we're better. Any more than that bride is better than you. Um, and yet she was thinking that sacraments are, I am loved by God, which is true. Uh, sacraments may express that, but sacraments, they're sevens. They're to cut seven. I'm making a commitment to God. So a lot of people think, well, worship is kind of theater where God expresses how much he loves us. Worship is not theater. You know, people shouldn't go to mass to be entertained. Right. Um, or the presider is entertaining. It's not theater. We're dealing with the mysteries of God. It's making this commitment to God and each other. Um, so sacraments are commitments. I don't know why, but so much in the modern, modern world lost this. Mm -hmm. um, and even just like, I love studying positive psychology. And there's this guy named Dan Gilbert who did this huge study. Uh, great uh, cutting edge psychologist, sociologist. And he does all this research and 
people who make commitments tend in long term to be happier in life. Mm. There's a high proportion between commitment and happiness over the years. At the time period, he tells a story that he was just living with his uh, girlfriend because, you know, what's a piece of paper, blah, blah, blah. It's convenient. Um, Rents are expensive. Well, so he uh, does his research and that blows his, like he wants to stay married to her. So he goes home and he says, we have got to get married. And she said, I thought we were free from that. He says, no, I want the world and us to know we are committed. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. He has all this stuff that actually commitment uh, leads to more happiness. Um, Granted, commitment also leads to more suffering. Um, But uh, sacraments are commitment ceremonies. Uh, Covenants are commitment ceremonies. So you could say, you know, I hope parents explain to their kids, what's the difference between a sacrament and a contract? Right. A contract ends. As conditions. Yeah, conditions. Like, you know, you you want to buy this cup? Fine. Give me five bucks. And after that, everything's over. You met the conditions. A covenant is you're promising your entire life. Um, You're promising to give your whole self away. Unconditional to that person. Like, I hope parents say, you know, we're a sacramental people. We don't go to worship to be entertained. Sacraments are commitments. Um, and you could say, well, why don't we call them the seven covenants then? Well, we really could because the word okay. sacrament and covenant are the exact same meaning. Um, we could call them the seven covenants of the Catholic Church. Um, so why did we change the word to sacrament? Um, and I, I think this is kind of interesting. So the word sacrament, technically, it's actually a military term. It's a Roman military term that if you entered the military, the Roman military, you would make your sacrament. And that is a pledge to service uh, for the empire. Christians are making their sacrament, this pledge of service. We do with the rite of baptism, don't we? Yeah, we enter to the into kingdom the of God. And not, not to the emperor, right. not to the political system. Correct. But to a whole people. We promise, we say, we promise we will do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's baptism, we make this. And um, one year I was teaching, our say, and there's, uh, in my former parish, there's always a lot of military. And this um, say guy, he's a military convert. And reflecting on it, he got it. You know, baptism, you're joining. Uh, you're making a sacrament. Confirmation, you're getting your orders. Eucharist is keeping us strong for the battle, which I really kind of like that image. It's a, nice, the, it's a nice way to imagine it and picture it, yeah. But the whole thing is sacraments are these celebrations of commitment. That's what the woman in Sun Valley didn't get. She thought it was about worthiness or entertainment. Mm. Or even the word amen. <clears throat> amen is what you say at, a, at signing a contract. Like some people, it's very popular in the 70s say amen means I believe. Right. That's actually a very watered down understanding of what the word amen means. When you say amen, really it means I commit. I commit. And I commit to this teaching. Right. I commit to what I'm what I believe in the faith. Right. So like I love the fact that the early Christians chose the word sacrament. Like they also called it mysteries, like Saint Paul will call it mysteries because you're entering into this mystery. Mm-hmm. But um I actually prefer the idea of sacrament. And if you look at how do you how do you desecrate the sacraments? In the Bible you don't desecrate the sacrament because you didn't like your vestments or your hands were in the wrong place. You desecrate a sacrament by not keeping the commitment. 
you had a ceremony, you promised, and you didn't keep it. Right. You made your wedding vows, and it was a great ceremony, great music, all this other stuff, but you immediately threw your wife under the bus. Um, so sacraments, how you desecrate a sacrament in the Bible is actually not to keep the covenant. Not to keep the covenant. So St. Paul gets really upset with the Corinthians because they make oaths. They receive the Eucharist, but they don't carry out the commitment. So at one point he says, because they're not carrying out the commitment, he says, you eat damnation, Mm. which is really strong words. Um, It's not that they're wearing the wrong vestment color or anything like that. Right. They weren't keep, they make the commitment and then they don't, they don't keep it. So in the old Testament, same thing. God gets really, really angry if you enter into a covenant and then don't keep it. So just like, I want to read this one because it's always stunning to me where um, God says, I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices, but fulfill your vow to the most high. Then when you call on me in the day of distress, I will deliver you. So um, it's keeping the commitment. So that's the number one thing I want parents to know. Ah, the number you could talk about the number seven, the difference between a contract and a covenant and sacrament are ways in which we show our commitment. Not that we're better or worse. And then lastly, you know, um, how you desecrate a sacrament is not keeping it. But the really, the other issue I think we need to talk about is Jews and Catholics have a sacramental way of worship. Yes. In fact, Father, I wanted to maybe uh, segue onto that is, we have a robust RCAA program at, at St. Thomas. You're building the one out here at Pope St. Pius. And one of the questions we often he- get asked, and it may be useful for parents describing this to their children, is maybe you're se- heading that way with the segue with the Jew- Jewish faith, the Catholic faith, uh, expression of faith. And w- why do we have these? We're spiritual people and a physical people. Doesn't it make sense that we have a physical expression of that covenant being recognized? Oh, I love that. I know that drives me up a wall. Uh, we're physical beings. We're not angels. Angels right. are pure spirit. Right. right. <laughs> so let them have the spiritual experience. But no, we're material beings. Um, and we use we material things. We respond to things. form and matter. We, right. It's important for us to see, look, touch, feel something that's happening. Yeah. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, common material things are used, you know, water, wine, bread, oil, imposing hands. Those are means in which God's grace come through. That's how you enter a covenant. Not by the spiritual, you know, I just want to. I prayed about it. I just emotionally want to do something. It's water and wine and bread and material things. So I love this. Sacraments are sensual expressions of the divine. When God took on human flesh in Christ, he was saying that matter matters. That matter can hold the divine. You know, it doesn't have to be this nebulous, kind of, no offense, new agey, just kind of feel. Matter sometimes holds the divine. Um, And we're a sacramental people. We just don't use words and emotions, but material things are how we come into contact with the divine. So, yeah, some non-Catholics will say, well, everything's grace and it's alternal and emotional. It's just feeling. But God says the very opposite. Um, In chapter and chapter in the Torah, from the um, Garden of Genesis, sorry, Garden of Eden, God, grace comes through matter. I mean, I always love that opening image of the 
Genesis where God says, you can eat from all the trees mm-hmm. in the garden. They'll give you physical right. health, but the tree of life, that actually has some of God's own life in it. Mm. And that's a story that, wow, that matter can carry God's life in it. Or Exodus, when people enter uh, into the covenant with God, how do you enter into the covenant? You have to pass through the water. Right. You have to eat the bread and wine and eat the lamb. It's not just emotions. And there are many, many varied offerings throughout the expression of the Jewish faith on the altar, animals and, and the wheat that's offered, the, the various days of, of uh, expression. where And God really cares about that. God really just doesn't care about morality. He just didn't give the Ten Commandments. In fact, if you look in the Bible, he gives the Ten Commandments in Exodus. And then after that, chapter, chapter, chapter after that, God really cares about material things how the temple's supposed to be built, how artistic the vessels are and the furniture and what kind of vestments the priests could wear. And then a whole calendar of dates right. and how to celebrate using water and oil and all that. All those themes of God really seems to care about material things as a way of worship. That is very Catholic. And some people, I think they insult the Catholic church by saying, oh, you made that stuff up in the Middle Ages. Really? Have you not read the Bible? <laughs> Because uh, the styles may have changed. Like in the Middle Ages, um, uh, yeah, styles changed. For example, chalices in the very early church that Jesus would have used would have been more Basic, like a bowl. Simple, rustic, yeah. yeah. Would have been a bowl. In the 17th century, um, chalices were the tulip design, that little tiny, tiny little tulip cup. Styles change, but there was always a chalice. Yes. From the Passover meal to the Last Supper. Uh, my only point is um, the style changes. Chasubles. Chasubles change. Change all the time. But Jesus wore an outer garment. Um, the early Romans used a Roman style, which is like a small poncho. Right. Or there's fiddleback. So the style changes. But the one thing, shouldn't we worship as God commanded? But Jesus did wear this outer garment like a chala, uh, chasuble. So, yeah, I, yeah, only angels are spiritual. So. Physical matters. And for those uh, listening at home, uh, we're on page 12 and 13 of our workbook, workbook where we talk about that sacraments are extraordinary signs. There's this externality that we see. And the importance, Father, I think you've guided on before. Our focus is not the external, but the sacrament requires the use of the world, the use of material things to represent the sacrament. And in fact, to carry the sacramental graces, the water of baptism. Yeah, the, the blessed sacrament, the wheat and the wine transubstantiated into the real presence of our Lord. It requires a materiality because we're material beings. Now, I would say also, say, Christ can do whatever he wants. Right. Like, <laughs> I, God can do. Christ can use non-sacramental means. He can just say a word and somebody's healed. But why does he use physical Things of, Laying on of hands, he constantly does. Or why was that? Making mud with spit and dirt. Um, why does he use physical? Why does he demand bread and wine? Um, he could have just used words because we're material things. We need that. You know, uh, God, God's grace, he can give it however he wants. But how Christ commanded is, and not only commanded, but then shows us examples, is using material things. So a sacramental system like ours is Jews and Catholics would say, oh, material things can hold the divine. Mm-hmm. That God, that's how God works. 
And Christ chose to give grace through material things and gestures. So shouldn't we worship as Christ showed us? Shouldn't we worship as Christ commanded us? So the sacraments continue what Christ started. And not only Christ started, but really, if you think about the Old Testament, I was telling um, this one guy uh, that really all the sacraments are foreshadowed in the Old Testament. It got, took God thousands of years to give us a sacramental language. So all the sacraments, they're shadowed in the Old Testament. So God has to, like, water just for baptism. Um, God keeps using over and over and over and over these symbols of water. Right. And it means water means life and death. Um, so from Genesis, it means life and death. Um, Noah's Ark, uh, how do the people change? Like, I, we'll get into this in baptism. But well, in fact, water symbolizes, Father. if you notice in the Bible, every time somebody gets near water, they change. Something and, happens, yeah. And, and God says, oh, now you've, you've gone through the water. In the rite of baptism, beautifully so. The fact is the celebrant blesses the water and the font to be used in that immediate sacrament. There, we, we reference those points in Scripture where water was, was used. We only reference a tiny bit. Water, only a few yeah, of them, I, but we, we make mention over the, of them. Like hundreds of times. So it took God hundreds of years to develop kind of this sacramental language of what what does oil mean and why does Jesus command the 12 apostles in the Gospel of Mark to use oil for healing? Didn't demand that for a wedding. Right. Um, so my point being is that like that's a whole language and Jewish ritual um, kind of picked all those up. Jews, when they had ordained priests, they would have the laying on of hands, the same thing we do. We didn't make this stuff up. It's really, it's acting out scripture that there's this pattern of worship that God gave us in the Old Testament. So there's just not made up symbols. Sacraments are not made up symbols. They're foreshadowed in the New Testament. They're confirmed and used by Christ. So, you know, um, we're a sacramental people. Uh, and shouldn't we worship as God commanded us to worship? They're not inventions of the Middle Ages, or I don't get to invent, you know. It's very wrong for any priest to invent their own symbols. Right. Yeah, don't do that. We use it, what's been used for 2,000 years, not even 2,000 years, 4,000 years. Uh, so all these nuances, but the one sacrament, and this sounds kind of strange, the one sacrament is Christ. Christ is a sacrament of the invisible God. And the church is the visible sign of Christ. We're the sacrament of Christ. And the seven sacraments of the church is how we make commitments. Um, that's how we commit. Um, so, yeah, I love uh, that we'd say, well, Christ continues to work through sacraments. The early church said when the priest baptized somebody, it's... Uh, it's actually Christ who does the baptism. He's just working through material thing like you and me. And isn't that, Father, I, I don't want to divert at all from no, the stream of thought, but one of the questions that does come up as well is, well, why, why did the Protestant church during the Reformation in the early 16th century, why did Martin Luther, Zwingli, and other reformers, why did they move away from the sacramental practices? Why did they do that? And the argument is, or the answer to that question is, it's because... Martin Luther, was, who was an Augustinian monk, he was a Catholic monk, he associated the efficacy of the sacrament with the 
piety of the individual celebrant. So he associated yeah. the sacrament's worthiness and efficacy with the individual piety. And what you just said is is actually the truth, which is, no, it's Jesus Christ working in the sacrament. We as the celebrant, we're ordained and commissioned by the bishop to be able to carry that mission I out. Know, I don't want to be too critical, but, you know, that strikes me as so narcissistic. It's my emotions. As if, if I mattered. And we, we don't. We have a responsibility to follow the teachings of the faith, form and matter of the church and its execution. But my individual piety has no influence on the efficacy of the sacrament itself. Those babies are, or, or adults are baptized truly so if I follow the rubrics of the faith. They are baptized because the bishop has commissioned me to do so. Um, now, my personal piety is important in terms of advancing the cause of faith and not being a distraction. That's true. But the efficacy of the sacrament is not dependent on the priest or deacon. And that's the misunderstanding that Luther had. And hence, now we have... Uh, divided Christian church where sacraments, the sacramental offerings, the sacramental worship has been removed. Yeah, I, I think that's so modern that for us, the sacrament of the seven sacraments is really Christ. Correct. Not my emotions. Right. Not, I mean, right. you have taken <laughs> Christ, you made your emotions the center of reality. And no offense, that's what the Sun Valley woman did. Mm. That worship was about me feeling a certain way. Um, so back to the parents, uh, parents, teacher, kids that, yeah, the number seven sacraments are making this commitment. Uh, sacraments are using material things to speak about the divine and all the sacraments are really Christ. And you can say, well, the divine in material form, but isn't that what we celebrate at Christmas and in the incarnation that, yeah, God can do this and God continues this. Yeah, to do this in the sacraments. So just want to mention one last thing, and that is sacramentals that um, I just think the parents should explain to the kids. What's the difference between a sacrament and a sacramental? Because they sound very, very similar um, and they're related, but we could say, well, the sacraments are seven sacraments of the church. Um, those are divine things. Uh, sacramentals point us to the divine, but aren't divine themselves. And sacramentals are, what's a sacramental to me may not be for you. Okay. So, um, like I, I read this really interesting uh, kind of poem that this husband wrote his wife. And uh, it's uh, about Mountain Dew. Okay. So, I know. It sounds strange. <laughs> that their sacramental for him a Mountain Dew bottle is a sacramental. Okay. And it's this great poem about this is why we belong together. And he goes over this poem like because, um, you know, all these idiosyncrasies she has. You know, she um, she does this and she does this. And the poem ends, and I like this, is that, um, is that when they're younger, um, they're both working. She couldn't afford food that day. She couldn't afford to buy any food that day. And she saved her money because she wanted to make sure she could buy a bottle of Mountain Dew because wow. she remembered that he once said he liked Mountain Dew. Mm. So when he opened the refrigerator, all there was was a Mountain Dew bottle. And it just struck him that all day she went without eating because... In order to give of herself for that. So he says, how can I not... Every time I see a yeah. Mountain Dew bottle, I think of my wife's sacrifice. Mm. Um, so... Now, when I see a Mountain Dew bottle, I just see something I don't like to drink. Right. <laughs> it's not a sacrament. It's not a sacramental. But it me. points us to a sacrament. Yeah. A sacramental points. It does us to. does hit. 
that for yeah. him, that Mountain Dew bottle points, reminds him, is a sacramental of the sacrament of marriage. Not for me. Or, like, if I found Wes's re- wedding ring, I'd t- pocket into a pawn shop for a little money. All that <laughs> little band of gold means to me is, well, you know, movie ticket or something. But for him and his wife, it's that wedding ring is a life of sacrifice. Yeah. So it that wedding ring is a sacramental for him and his wife. It is not to me. It points to their sacrament in marriage. So we in the Catholic Church have a lot of sacramentals. Um, medals, rosaries, um, but they point to the they sacrament. Point to the sacrament. Which is Christ. And like I just I love this story in the Old Testament where um uh Jacob, the story of Jacob is an old man. Well, um, go back to young men. He's very selfish and um, selfish, and he has that dream of the angels running up and down. Right, the ladder, mm-hmm. and that's the first kind of divine beginning that he had, where he realized he was a selfish person. And you remember, he makes this pile of rocks so he could remember that place. And as an old man, he comes back and he shows his sons. He says, "Look, look at this." And like, I just imagine his sons rolling their eyes like, oh, the old man is going off on that pile of rocks again. <laughs> like, I, okay, it's a pile of rocks. Just, no, no, that this is where it began. This is where I woke up and I realized something about God. Then the next day I met your mother and I fell in love with her. And, you know, the pile of rocks becomes an altar and then the altar becomes a whole temple. Right. Um, yeah. So to me, it's a great story of a, a sacramental becoming a sacrament or covenant um that all these little sacramentals I, like i love to wear a um scapular right well that's a nice sacramental that that's just um, a constant reminder of yeah so faith. i love that we use material things not just as for the divine but material things that can point to the divine even right. something as ordinary as a mountain dew bottle can point to something greater. So for parents, <clears throat> teach them what sacraments are, that they are oaths to be kept, and they are divine. Beautifully said. I think the next time we meet, Father, we're going to start talking about baptism. That's a foundation sacrament to us in the Catholic faith, and we'll look forward to that next time together. Great. All right. God bless. Thank you all. <laughs>